0: The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents...
1: Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Welcome to the Sound of Suspense. To the fear you can hear. I have an unusual story about a father and son. You know, it is said that love and hate are two sides of the same coin. If this is so, Phil, the son, never believed it. His hatred blinded him to the extent that he lost all humanity and compassion for his father. This is Phil Coleman. This is not in the past. It's now. Every day of my life since I can remember. It was my mother's life. The life of my sister. It wasn't only his miserable life that was destroyed. It was all of us. My mother dead at 43. My sister, I don't even know where she is. or What became of her. Now, look, Mr. Coleman, I can appreciate what you've been through, but if you won't take him, he'll die here in prison. Let him let him die. Our mystery drama, Accounts Receivable, was especially written for the Radio Mystery Theater by Sidney Sloan and stars William Prince. It is sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, brewers of Budweiser, and by the Kellogg Company, makers of Kellogg's Special K cereal. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Hurry! When you say Bud, you said a lot of things nobody else can say. When you say Bud, you've gone as far as you can go to get the very best. Why do some people think Bud is sort of special? Well, go ahead and find out why. For yourself. I mean, you don't really need me to tell you. Just try a bud and um, think about it, decide for yourself. Well, sure, the Budweiser people really do believe that brewing beer right does make a difference, but even that's up to you.
0: Because the king of beers is leading all the rest. When you say Budweiser,
2: you said it all. Anheuser Busch, St. Louis. We hope you're enjoying our new CBS Mystery Theater. It's another addition to our KIXI programming we're very proud of. We've made quite a few additions in the past year. For instance, we've added 1,000 people to our news team. People like Walter Cronkite, Dan Rather, Wynne Elliott, Douglas Edwards, Mike Wallace. Just six of the more than 1,000 CBS reporters who helped make KIXI Seattle's number one news service. And in the morning... We provide the only 90-minute news service in the area, 7 to 8.30 each morning, Monday through Friday. The complete CBS News team, plus Seattle's best local coverage, and up to the second traffic reports. This is Dean Smith. Join me and Bob Little, Ken Stewart, Clarence McDaniels, Norm Bobrow, Gary Jeanette, plus Chet Huntley, Charles Osgood, and the CBS News team for Seattle's best news coverage. 90 Minutes of News, each day Monday through Friday, 7 to 8.30 a.m. here on KIXI, 91 a.m., 96 f.m., where the listeners are.
1: Bill Coleman parked his battered pickup truck in the prison compound marked for visitors. He walked 50 yards to the dirty gray guardhouse and presented his credentials to the stony-faced officer who permitted Coleman to step out again into the rain and proceed toward the great dirty granite complex, a maximum security prison for the state. Once inside, Coleman was ushered into the office of the chief prison doctor. Uh, Mr. Coleman, will you have a chair? I just want to get out the file on your father. I'm sorry you had to come out on such a nasty day. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Coleman. Uh, Richard. Oh, here we are. I don't really need to look at the file on Rick Coleman. I almost know it by heart. Uh, Caught in a police trap after being at large for 12 days after the payroll robbery at the Sphinx Tool and Dye Company plant. Both his accomplices, Buddy Mayer and Mickey Montrose, killed running from the police and their share of the robbery recovered. Only your father held out, denying that he had any part of the money. Please, Doctor. I know the story. Yeah, I suppose you do. Do you think he hid his share somewhere before the police got him? I don't know any more than you do. $106,000. Your father was quite a celebrity all over the papers, TV, radio... Nobody talked of anything else at the time. He was something of a folk hero. Gunman? Bank robber? A folk hero? Now, look, Mr. Coleman, uh, the reason I asked you to come is that I couldn't write what I want to say. I discussed the matter with the warden, and he approved of my plan. He will cooperate, and with his help, it won't be too difficult to obtain a parole. Parole? He's he's coming out. He's had a serious heart attack. It's his third. Now, the parole can be arranged for humane reasons, etc. There's only one catch. The warden will go along with this if... if you will assume responsibility. He's a sick old man. No. But if you won't take him, he'll die here. Let him Let him die How long is it since you've seen him? I went to his trial I took my mother Over nine years ago You haven't seen him or written to him since? Well, he wrote to me when he was informed that my mother died I didn't answer He's a birthday cards to Harry, my son I want you to do something for me I want you to see him. No, no, I, I couldn't. I want you to do it for me. I won't ask anything else of you. Won't take long, Mister Coleman. Rick, Rick, think <laughs> you can wake up a bit and talk? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Oh you, Doc. What do you want? I brought someone to see you, Rick. Hello? Rick? Who is it? It's your son, Rick. He's come to see you. Phil? You? Yeah. Yeah, Rick. Uh, How how are you feeling? I feel fine. (laughs) Been a little of the weather. I, uh... How's the Oh, Harry's fine. He's uh, going to school. Fine. And Nina, how is she? I only saw her that one time at the trial. Oh, she's... She's okay. She's getting on. Phil, so I wonder if... When you get back, did you send me a picture of Harry? Oh, well, yeah. I guess so. I'd appreciate that. Sure. Sure, I'll send you a fixer. Well, swell. well. Only, Phil, so, you don't mind. I'd like to have my grandson send it. Phil, is that you? Yeah, Nina. Come
3: on out in the kitchen. We're fixing dinner. Yeah,
1: smells good. <laughs>
3: One of your favorites. I thought I'd make you feel better with a good meal in you after a day of driving in the rain. Is it still raining?
1: Oh, it stopped about an hour ago. Just about when I got to Glen Falls. That's
3: good. We had enough rain. Yeah. Harry home? In his room, doing his homework. But with that radio going... <laughs> he says he concentrates better.
1: Ames called?
3: Yeah, twice. About 30 minutes ago. He uh, seemed angry. Uh, that's too damn bad. I wish you and him got along. It'd make it so much easier.
1: But he ever does his share of the work at this station. If he has to go out and pump a tank of gas, you'd think the world was coming to an end. Charlie gets his hands dirty.
3: Well, now, you knew he didn't know anything about the gas station business, Bill. Okay,
1: okay, I needed his money, but I can't carry him on my back. I gotta buy him out. Well, ain't you gonna ask me?
3: I know you'll get around to it in your own time.
1: I saw him. Talk to him. How is he? Hardly recognized him. Gotten so old. I don't think he knew me at first. He's been sick. Part. Doc said it was his third, the bad one. That why they wanted you to come see him? Uh, uh, partly. They had something else up their sleeve. They're gonna let him out. Out?
3: Well, I thought he was... He was in for life. That's right
1: fourth-time loser, they call it, according to the state laws. That's life. But because of his health, the doc called it uh, humane reasons or something, they'll parole him.
3: And they have to get your approval? Is huh? that, that why they made you come?
1: <laughs> something like that. They want me to be responsible for him. What? They want me to take him in, take care of him. Mm. Maybe he wouldn't want that, Phil. He's got nothing to say about it. It's either that or die in prison. Oh, Phil. I told him. I told him. No, I wouldn't have him.
3: Now, Phil, you know you're going to take him in. No,
1: no, I'll never have him in my house. Let that jailbird die where he belongs. Let him die in prison. Ah! Hot tip in the seventh side. Skitch! Uh, just a minute, Lou. Can't you see I'm busy calling? All right, anyway, so what happens? I plunge, I put 20 on his nose. Skitch, cut it short, will you? I want to talk to you. Lou, I'm sorry. I'll have to continue this later. Why have you got a nerve. Your damn telephone call so important, you can't wait on a customer. That punk, I knew he was there. Give me two bucks worth. I'm trying to discourage customers like that. Looks like you're trying to discourage all of them. We're losing people every day to Ray Damon at People's Corner. Good! Why don't you buy me out and go join up with your buddy Ray? You make me very happy. I can't talk to you anymore without getting him a fight. I want out, Coleman. I want it quick. Buy my half of the business and run things your own crooked way. Crooked? Kid. What are you saying? I'm wise to you, Coleman. I've known about you for the last three years. What? I should have known it four years ago. I could have avoided all this. Avoided? What, Ames? Okay, buddy, if you want it cold and clear like a weather report, your father's a jailbird. Go on. Why should I go on? You get what I mean. No, I don't. I'd like to have you spell it out. All nice and slow. You know the old saying, like father, like... (coughs) You're the lowest scum I've ever known. To lay on me about what my father's done. I've never cheated you out of one lousy cent. I put up with you, split even with you for four years. You haven't done five cents worth of work. This does it. I want you to get up 15 grand by the end of the month and buy me out. I'm seeing Clark Wetley at the bank tomorrow morning. As for you, you don't have to come around here to use the phone in the men's room. You just stay home. I'll send you your cut. Now get out of my service station. Hello, Mr. Whitley. I-, I want you to excuse me for calling you at home after business hours. Well, you see, I can't make it down to the bank during the day. I've been trying for over a week. I, uh, I'm kind of short-handed. aims? Oh, uh, well, th- that's why I'm calling you. I, I want to buy him out. You see, it's a good business for one owner but when you divide it in two what I'm trying to say is I'm I'm gonna need a a big loan from the bank 15 yeah that's what he wants for his share well he won't take less than that yeah I I, I know it's tough trying to do this over the phone maybe uh, tomorrow morning oh thanks thanks I, I appreciate that
3: How do you sound?
1: Oh, I don't know. That's a lot I'm asking for.
3: Phil, suppose you can't get the money. What can Ames do?
1: He called me on the phone at the station today. He says he's talking to his lawyer. And if I can't make it, he says he can force a sale of the property and a division of the proceeds. You know what that would amount to after we paid off the five grand loan to the bank and, and legal fees? Maybe five, six thousand each. Five thousand. Out of work. How long would it last? Nina, I'm desperate. I I, I never felt so boxed in in my life. I, I got only ten more days till the end of the month.
3: Oh, darling, don't worry. We'll manage. I'll, I'll get that. Yes? Yes, this is the Coleman residence. Who's... Co- well, yes, he's home, but who, I don't know... Who, who
1: is it, Nina?
3: Uh, pardon me a minute. Phil, it's that doctor. The, the
1: doctor from the prison? What do I need this for? At this time. I know what he wants and he knows how I feel. Tell him to... No, give me that phone. Look, doctor, why can't you leave me alone? No, I, I, I don't want him now or ever. That's final. Goodbye. I can remember wanting a father so much it had hurt. I'd cry at night in my bed and I'm quiet so my mother wouldn't hear. I'd pray. Please, God, let me have him around for a week, hmm? a whole day, an hour. That's when I really believed in a God. I swore that if I ever had a kid, I'd love him, take care of him. Clean and honest like his father. I've never taken a cent that didn't belong to me, Nina.
3: I know that, dear, and I love you for it.
1: You're a good man. That wasn't the first time the doctor has called, was it? No, he, he's called
3: at least five times in the last few days.
1: Call him? Tell him that the old man can come. Oh, Phil. I don't know how we're going to manage. And so Phil Coleman yields to the pressure around him to accept his father into his home. The barrier of hate he has built up, however, will not dissolve. We'll return shortly with Act Two the tale of the ball and chain <clears throat> at Kellogg's Special K presents Last Tango in Pittsburgh.
3: There I was at Raoul
1: all right, tango lounge. My little orchid, will you tango with me? It was Raoul.
3: Mm,
1: you're a splendid dancer. But what, what was that?
3: I was what? That
1: sound effect.
3: Oh, I'm a few pounds overweight, and this ball and chain points out how my extra weight can get in the way.
1: I'm pointing you back to your chair. Our heroine decided to lose that extra weight. She exercised and ate smart at every meal,
0: starting with a special K breakfast a bowl of special K, skim milk, tomato juice, and coffee. It's less than 240 calories, 99% fat free, and 100% delicious. After a while, she was rid of the ball and chain and back at Raoul's.
1: Darling, you're looking fantastic. What a happy ending. What the ending. We're just getting started. Now get lost.
0: Your happy ending could begin with the Kellogg's Special K breakfast. And that's
4: another tale of the ball and chain.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, we are on a motion picture soundstage with John Wayne. We wish to thank the many listeners who have called and written K-I-X-I complimenting us on the new CBS Mystery Theater, aired nightly on KIXI at 10.07 p.m. However, we have received many calls requesting the program be aired on KIXI-FM every night instead of Sundays only. One of the reasons cited is the problem many of our listeners have in receiving KIXI clearly over their AM radio because of various signal difficulties. In an effort to eliminate these signal problems, KIXI has applied for an increase in power to 50,000 watts. We need your help. If you can't sufficiently hear us, please write KIXI, 801 Pine Street, Seattle 98101. That's KIXI, 801 Pine Street, Seattle 98101. Thank you.
1: First of the month has come, and Phil Coleman has not been able to raise the money to buy out his partner. Another event is taking place which brings him no joy. His father is coming today to become a permanent member of the household.
4: It's them, Mom, they're here! It's Dad's
3: pickup truck for Grandpa! Harry, Harry, take it easy. You know how excited you get about things. Now remember... He's an old man, and he's been very sick.
4: I know, I know. Mom, I'm really glad to see him.
3: Well, go open the door. Dad's carrying the suitcase.
4: Welcome, Grandpa. Here, let me take this suitcase. Dad, I'll show him to his room.
3: Well, come in. Don't just
1: stand in the door. Sure, thanks.
4: Let me take the suitcase.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, here.
4: Follow me, Grandpa. I'll show you where you bump. Uh, Harry, take it
3: easy. <laughs> Give him a chance to catch his breath. You, uh... You want to sit down, Rick?
0: Okay to sit, Phil.
1: Sure.
3: Uh, if you want anything, coffee or tea uh, or anything... I ain't just...
1: allowed to drink coffee.
3: Oh. Well, if you're tired... No, I ain't... You... You can go to bed. Don't sit up to be polite.
1: I I ain't tired. Oh, Nina, I'm I'm going down to the station. I got a little work to do.
3: Well, Eddie called up at seven when he closed up, Bill. What's the point of going there at this hour? Well,
1: today's the first of the month. I said I'd pay my bills. (laughs) Some people do, you know.
3: Phil, your father just got here.
1: I got bills to pay, Nina.
4: How about a game of checkers, Grandpa? Uh, Homework, Harry did
1: it this afternoon, so I'd have a chance to spend some time with Grandpa. How about it, Grandpa? I'm going to show you how to play that game. I was a champ at it. Call my service station. Oh, Mr. Wetley. Yeah, yeah, I called the bank earlier, but they said you was busy. Yeah. Well, it's getting kind of urgent. You see, I told Ames I'd be able to settle matters with him around the first of the month. It's the 11th already. He calls me every day. Mr. Wetley, I'm desperate. I gotta get that loan. What? Well, w- when can you let me know? Well, uh, couldn't you make it sooner? Okay, Mr. Wetley, I, I know you're doing your best for me. Uh, pardon me, Mr. Wetley, someone wants gas. Uh, please call me as soon as you know. Thanks. Goodbye. Coming? Oh, I'm sorry to keep you. It's the way you do business, Coleman. You're gonna run this joint into the ground in three months. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but Eddie's out to lunch or something, Skitch. Mister Ames, to you, Coleman. Fill her up. Sure, sure. Reason I dropped by, Coleman. My lawyer is drawing up papers to dissolve our partnership, and uh... well, I was just talking to the bank when you drove in. Good. When are you getting the cash? Uh, soon. What does that mean? Either you're gonna get it or you ain't. Don't try stalling me with soon. You said you'd have it before the end of last month. You know what the date is today? I'm doing my best. It ain't good enough. give me a little time. You you'll get your 15 grand. I'll give you another week. Thanks, Ames. You know why I think you're gonna be able to come up with the money? Your old man is living with you now what the hell are you driving at everybody knows he's got over a hundred thousand stashed away from that job he did about ten years ago you fat pretty I'll pull you out of that car oh go, my god
0: you're choking me
1: I... okay now get out of here <laughs>
4: I'm a nephew for basketball, Dad. All I need is
1: practice. Yeah, 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 good. Nina, you know I got to get back and relieve Eddie for dinner if the meal ain't ready. It's all ready, Phil. It's all ready. Rick, food's on the table.
0: Thought I'd join you
1: for a grub. I don't want to cause no trouble. Sit down, Grandpa. Hi.
3: Uh, there was a man here to see you today, Rick.
1: See me? Mm Mm-hmm. Can't imagine who'd be coming around to see me. Maybe some old sell me. Phil. guess maybe Phil's right. One of my old buddies. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Now, Mr. Corn. Yeah. Sorry to bother you during business hours, but it seemed like the best time to talk to you alone. Oh, my God. Herbert, Macaulay, Krandler, Nepping, international insurance. I'm an insurance detective. Let me explain. When a big job is pulled, maybe a hundred, two hundred grand, even bigger, the insurance companies have to fork over the money to the people who have insurance to cover such things. The money that isn't recovered, that is. You get me? Yeah. But uh, what you don't know is the insurance companies never give up. They'll follow a man right into his grave to get back the stolen cash. Take your father's case, for I don't want to go into it. I know all about it. It might be worth your while to talk to me. Ten
5: percent of 106000 bucks is a lot of green. 106000 was your father's cut of the heist. And that's the amount still missing
1: from the Sphinx Tool and Dye Company hold up ten years ago. But on trial, he said he never got his share, that his buddies cheated him. Ah, Bunk, the jury didn't believe him then, and I don't believe him now. He's got it, (laughs) but he'll never be able to spend a buck of it. We've been after him for ten years already, and that ain't nothing. We kept after a guy for twenty years and finally got the money back. Happened before I got in the company. They caught the guy digging up a big glass bottle stuffed with moldy old bills. And here's the laugh. The bills were the big old size printed before they changed over to the small ones. He couldn't have spent the money. <laughs> it was out of date. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm a busy man, Mr. Uh... Yeah, McCauley. I, uh, I was over to your house yesterday to talk to Rick, but I, I figured it'd be better talking to you. Oh, so that was you. Look, I, I I'm shorthanded here. You you're keeping me. I free...
5: guess you didn't hear what I said a moment ago. You could get ten percent of one
1: hundred and six grand just for helping me get the money back from your father. Now, what's the big mystery? Where's Harry? didn't go to church last Sunday either.
3: No big mystery, Phil. He's out with the boys practicing basketball.
1: So you have to practice today?
3: It's the only time the basketball field or court or whatever they call it is available.
1: Mm-hmm. So the little stinker thought he was going to get away with it, did he? Oh, and well, now don't be too hard on
3: him. He's a good boy and he works very hard at his school
1: Oh, I know. I used to go wall Sundays whenever I could as, as a kid, play basketball. Used to make my mother sew him. Once <laughs> well, she came right out to the lot where I was playing and grabbed my ear and walked me three blocks like that to school. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I ain't mad at him, but I had to make a little fuss to show him the pendant. Okay, Nina. Now, now,
3: don't make a big thing out of it, huh?
1: Think he's home yet? Well, he wouldn't be this early. Got your key? Well,
3: the door isn't locked. Your father's home. Well, Harry, you're home.
4: Hello, Mom. Hi, Dad. This is Mr. Kanaki, my gym teacher.
5: Uh, hello, oh, Mr. Coleman. I'm, uh, sorry to bother you, especially on a Sunday, but... Anything uh, wrong? Well, Mr. Coleman, let me tell you that I know Harry's a good boy and an excellent student. And nothing is going to be done to, uh, to spoil his record. Well, what, what are you driving at, now, Mr. Now, don't lose your temper, Phil? Mr. Coleman. Uh, it's just that Harry and two other boys have been playing basketball in the school gymnasium on Sundays. Well, what's so bad about that? Well, they had to break into the school to use the gym. And now, although they're all 14 and wouldn't be prosecuted for criminal action at that age, breaking and entering is a serious matter. Breaking and entering? And when we found the locks jimmied last week, we set a trap this Sunday. And what
1: do you intend to
5: do? Oh, well, frankly, we are not going to do anything. But we expect that the boy's parents
1: will exert some sort of influence to keep this from recurring. You've, uh, you've talked to the other parents. Oh, yes, on the phone. Three boys. are busting into the school. You call and tell the parents of the other two kids about it on the phone. But Harry's folks get a personal interview. Why? Well, uh... You see, this is sort of difficult to explain, Mr. Coleman, but... Uh, uh, maybe I can help
3: wait, you. Wait, Phil. Harry, you go to your room.
1: No, no, he better stay right here. Sit down, Harry. Now, Mr. Kanaki, I'll tell you... Why you came here to talk to me, personal like? You know the name Coleman for a long time, don't you? Read about it in the papers. Well, uh, really, it was your son who revealed that Rick Coleman was his grandfather. He turned in a theme last week to his English teacher, Mrs.
5: Margolis, which uh, <laughs> rather shocked her. He uh, he used bad words. Oh no 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 that wasn't it. He he. He seemed proud of the accomplishments of his grandfather, extolled his uh, talent, so to speak.
3: Now, aren't you making a lot more out of this than is really there?
5: Well, I... I told Mr. Gilchrist I didn't want to come here, but he insisted. It seems that he, um... What he wanted to know about your father, Mr. Coleman, we understand that he's
1: living with you. You think he's been a bad influence? Oh, I'm trying not to make any judgments, Mr. Coleman, but... I expect you will. And now I think I've said enough. Please excuse me for spoiling your day. Goodbye. you can be in there, Harry.
4: Bye, Mr. Kanaki.
1: Go to your room, Mary.
4: Yes, Dad. I got a lot of homework anyway. Well,
3: what are you going to do, Phil?
1: I don't know. But I'm going to start out with him. With Rick. In Phil's mind, his father's influence was spreading like some evil disease. Now even young Harry was infected. But what he neglected to notice was the change in his own character. We'll be back shortly with Act Three.
0: I'm High Brown, producer of Radio Mystery Theater, and I hope you're enjoying our nightly dramas of suspense as much as we enjoy presenting them. We'd like to hear from you. Hear your comments about Radio Mystery Theater and whether you're glad radio drama is back. Did you know we're holding weekly drawings for valuable prizes this week and next? Just by sending us your name and address, you're eligible for one of 50 prizes. Two AM FM two travel clock radios, 46 anthologies of modern suspense. All it takes is your name and address. We'd most appreciate your comments, too, but your name and address alone will enter you in the drawing. Write Mystery Theater, Box 50, Radio City Station, New York, 119. That's Box 50, Radio City Station, New York, 119. Or for good everywhere unless locally prohibited.
5: We wish to thank the many listeners who have called and written KIXI, complimenting us on the new CBS Mystery Theater, aired nightly on KIXI at 10.07 p.m. However, we have received many calls requesting the program be aired on KIXI-FM every night instead of Sundays only. One of the reasons cited is the problem many of our listeners have in receiving KIXI clearly over their AM radio because of various signal difficulties. In an effort to eliminate these signal problems, KIXI has applied... For an increase in power to 50,000 watts, we need your help. If you can't sufficiently hear us, please write K-I-X-I, 801 Pine Street, Seattle 98101. That's K-I-X-I, 801 Pine Street, Seattle 98101. Thank you.
1: Despite Phil's resolve to speak to his father immediately, so many other matters converged on him that it was several days before he had time to get Rick alone for the soul-searching talk that he envisioned. Strangely enough, the conversation, when he finally got around to it, took an entirely different course. Come. Rick,
0: you busy? <laughs>
1: Doing what? I've been expecting you for the last couple of days. Harry said you wanted to talk to me. Yeah, yeah, but I've been busy. I, I've got lots of troubles. I'm only one, huh? Well, you want I should pack up and... What are you talking about? Only place I got to go is back to stir. Now that the kid gets wrapped with it, charge a charge of breaking and an entering. Figure this is it. Time for me to pack well, up. Why did you give him all this stuff on you? The story he wrote for his teacher about your life. He told me he was going to write it. He asked me for help. I told him, don't do it. It'll get get you in trouble. So he goes down to the library. And they let him see the old newspapers and microfilms. Oh, so that's how he got it. Ask him. No, no, I I believe you. First time in your life, huh, Phil? What? That you believe me. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Rick, you know uh, Macaulay, the insurance detective? Him. That old troublemaker. First couple of years I was in Stir, he was practically my only visitor. Yeah, well, he came to see me with uh, something on his mind. Yeah, don't tell me, I know. That old story, huh? That dough was supposed to be my cut. They want it. They're, they're, they're willing to pay me to help them get it. He offered you 10%, right? That's right. What'd you tell him? Listen, I got to explain something to you. You told him you'd go along. You'd get the money, didn't you? Look, look, Rick. You'll never be able to spend it. I'm desperate for cash. I need fifteen thousand to pay off my partner to, to get him out of the business. I know Harry gave me all the details. If he forces a sale to dissolve the partnership, I'm, I'm done for. We both won't get what the place is worth, and I'll be out of work. What can I do? Look, the bank is holding back on lending me fifteen, but I could, I could get five. Give me the money, Rick. Oh boy, That's a laugh You've never done anything for me in my whole life Now's your chance To pay me back for the kind of childhood and life I've had because of you Hold on, hold on I'd like to help you if I could But I can't Why not? Because you want to hog the whole $106,000 for yourself? You think that? Yeah, McCauley does too I haven't got the money You know where it is? No. I said at the trial I didn't get my cut. They cheated me. Yeah, they said you were lying then. I told the truth. You're lying now. Okay. Suppose I'm lying. I'm not giving up that money. Because there ain't no money.
4: Yeah? Busy? Dead. Come on in.
1: I didn't want to bother you, Harry, if you're doing your homework.
4: Nearly finished. You want to talk to me?
1: Yeah. Your mom's in the kitchen doing the dishes. Uh, I thought this would be the best time to talk to you alone.
4: If it's about that trouble. You know the Sunday basketball business? Don't worry. I had a long talk with Mr. Gilchrist, and he's going to forget the whole matter. Also, in spite of the fact that Mrs. Margulis didn't like the subject matter of the theme. She gave me an A- minus for effort and research.
1: Yeah? Yeah, that's good.
4: I won't make stupid mistakes like that again, Dad. You can bet on it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Look, what about Rick? What do you mean? Well, where does he go when he goes out?
4: He hardly ever goes out. He sits around in his room most of the time. I asked him about it. You know something? He's been locked up for so long in a jail cell that he isn't used to having any freedom. He told me he doesn't feel safe outside. How do you like that?
1: But when he does go out, where does he go?
4: Once a month, he has to report to his parole officer. The office is over on Dean Street. I walked over there with him once. He wanted my company.
1: For any other time? I mean, uh... Does he go out maybe when you're in school or nobody's home? You know, slip out, kind of secret-like?
4: Why would he do that, Dad?
1: Well, I'm just asking. You know, I'm responsible for him.
4: I know, but you don't have to worry about Grandpa. He told me he doesn't want any more trouble in his life. He's a sick old man.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right.
4: One thing, it's bothered him when he sort of let it slip out one time when we were talking. It bothered me, too.
1: What was that? About the money?
4: What money? Oh! You mean the money they think it's hidden? He doesn't have the money. He never had
1: it. Yeah, yeah, that's what he told me.
4: You don't believe him?
1: Well, let's forget I ever brought it up, huh? (laughs) If Rick convinced you, that's all that counts.
4: That's what I was trying to tell you. That bothers him. You... And Mom, you'd both call him Rick. Yeah? He's your father. Couldn't you? What do you want me
1: to call him? Daddy?
4: No, not that way. But just once, be nice to him. Make him feel like he belongs.
1: Rick never done anything in his life for me. I, I, I can't I can't. The bank says I got I got to get I got to get more collateral. Everyone knows he's got over a hundred thousand stashed away. I wouldn't touch that. I I wouldn't touch. Ten percent,
5: one hundred and six thousand. I'll
1: keep my mouth shut. Ten percent. That's. I wouldn't judge that dirty money. Take the money, all of it, Phil. It belongs to you. I stole it for you. One hundred and six thousand. Rick earned the money. Phil, wake ten up. Ten years, nearly ten Phil, years. Phil, of darling, nothing.
3: you're having a bad it's dream.
1: My, my money. No, belongs to me. Darling, please wake up. No, 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 it's my money. All
3: of it. Phil, open your eyes. you were Phil. having a bad dream. I, I could hardly wake you. Oh, are you all right? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, I, I'm all right. Would you, oh, do you want a glass of water or something? No, 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 no. I'm okay now. You
3: were dreaming about that money, weren't you? You kept saying something about one hundred and six thousand, and then you said, "It's mine. It belongs to me." Oh, no, this
1: just a dream, you Nina. Know, did you forget it? it... I'm getting up.
3: Phil, it's one o'clock in the morning. You've only been asleep two hours. I'm getting up.
1: Mind if I switch on the light? No. I'm going out, Nina.
3: Out? At this hour? When will you be back? Uh,
1: Later. I I don't know. I don't want you to say anything to Harry about this. Or to anyone. Understand?
3: No. No. I won't say anything if you don't want me to.
1: Well, I, I'd like to explain, but uh, there's no time. Rick? Rick? Hey, Rick. Wake up. Yeah. Who is... who is it's it? me, me, Rick. Get up. Mr. Martin, I'll turn the light on. What's going on? Get your clothes on, Rick. What time is it? It's a middle of the night. Get your clothes on. Yeah, sure, Phil. Sure, you say so. Come on, hurry up. Get dressed. Sure, sure. But I don't get it. Mm-hmm. But I do. What? What you owe me. Oh. What oh, do you mean for room and board? Oh, sure. Look, Rick. I don't want to play games with you. I want the money that you hid away for ten years. You owe it to me, and I need it. <laughs> really think I got it. You really think I got it. Ow! Get up. Get up. <laughs> Don't you laugh at me. Don't you ever laugh at me. I wasn't. It just struck me that you believe I got that loot stashed away someplace, just like everybody else. That's right. And I want it. Now, you and me are going to go where that money is Phil, tonight. I swear I ain't got it I never had it I... Get up, come on, come on, get up I told you the truth, Phil You never told the truth in your whole rotten life But you're going to complain with me now, Rick We're going out tonight And we're going to get that money, all of it Phil, you're acting crazy It's mine, that money You owe it to me It's kind of like what they call accounts receivable It can't work, Phil, it can't work Why not? Because there ain't no money there never was. I never got any cut. <clears throat> Rick. Rick, you all right? Yeah. 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 Just fine. Well? Okay. Okay. Let's go. You win. much farther. we have been out nearly an hour. Keep going. It's near Plainfield. I'll tell you when. We're five miles past Plainfield. It's near here. I'll recognize it. I see it. Stop. Stop here. Okay. Nowhere. Here. See this here path? Up to the top of the hill. Wait till I get the shovels out. You feel all right? Sure, sure. Let's go. It's not easy climbing up ahead. Keep going. Keep going.
0: This is it. Here, start digging.
1: You sure this is the right place? Rick, you hear me? All uh. right. You all right? I was asking if you could have been mistaken about, about the spot. Uh. The spot where you had the money. Oh, no mistake. Yeah. Down over three feet now. Deeper. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting pushed. Give me uh, a shovel. I'll help. Uh, uh, I, I'm okay. Give me a shovel. Give me. Sure. I don't know why you want to. You're too weak to do much. Here. I don't know why I want to take you why. So i sorry for what I've done to Wait, you. What, 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 why do you want to dig? I didn't give you nothing in your whole life. I'm really sorry for it. I was rotten to you. And why you why I want to dig? No, no, why? Because I'm digging my own grave. Hey, Rick! Rick, what is it? Get down. Give me down. There, down. There, ain't there. There ain't no money, Phil. Not a damn cent. No, though. I was telling the truth once in my life and nobody believed me. Okay. I believe you. No, no take it easy. You're going to be okay. No. 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 Why would you want to go through with this whole digging business if you knew it wasn't there? I wanted to show you what wanting money can do even to an honest Joe like you.
0: Now maybe you can understand the kind of mug your father was. <laughs> oh, Rick. Rick. Listen.
1: Everything's gonna be all right between us from now on. Sure. Sure. Only one thing. Yeah. Call me
0: something besides Rick? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, know, I've been wanting to. I've been wanting to. That easy for me to say it. Pa? Pa? Get well. Don't die, Pa.
0: Thanks, Phil. Thanks.
1: Son. Pa! Phil Coleman searched for a father all his life and lost him at the moment of finding him. I'll be back shortly.
4: Don't take the time,
0: Later, I'm busy. Honey, I'm worried about
5: Robbie. Let's talk.
3: Daddy, do you know what happens to bears in the winter
5: time? If all they hear is your busy signal, some very important people might stop calling. And there are messages you can't afford to miss.
0: The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints The Mormons
1: The other side of the coin was revealed to Phil too late But in his heart was a new understanding of his father Of his son And the meaning of love our cast included William Prince, Joseph Julian, Ralph Carter, Joan Lovejoy, Robert Dryden, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Now, a preview of our next tale. I said, who are you? It's Tell Spencer. me. Spencer. What, what are you doing now here? Now look, darling, if this is... A... Oh, no. Oh, 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 what am I doing if here? this is
4: a joke, it's not in the best of
1: taste. I'm afraid... I'm afraid I don't know where I am or uh, or who you are.
4: Where are you going?
1: Home.
4: This is your home, Spencer. Uh,
1: please, uh, don't be alarmed,
0: please. I, I hope I haven't frightened you. I'll,
1: I'll leave this minute. You mean that after 23 years of marriage, you look at your wife one morning and you don't know who she is? This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure...
0: For the CBS Radio Mystery Theater tomorrow night at 7
5: minutes past 10 over KIXI.